0: I didn't make the connection between diet and health until I was 27 and got very ill. I had incredible pain. I was diagnosed with stage four endometriosis. My mom piped up and said, she's been trying this new, you know, weird diet. And the doctor said, no, no, that's not it. This isn't diet related. This is a miracle. So I don't think that he had seen the research or was aware of the connection between women's reproductive health and our diet. And there's a huge connection.
1: Hey, box owners. Welcome to another episode of Period I'm your host, Mandy B., And this episode is brought to you by none other than the official box owner. Yet again, back with another tale of womanhood. We are talking endometriosis today on this week's episode. And again, what happens when you don't find out anything is not really right until college? That's the journey that we're hearing today. Because again, not every journey is the same, but I'm excited to dive into it. This week is another tale of womanhood for women, by women. And ladies, we are joined today with Lauren R. Carnegie, who is the executive director and founder of Endo Black Incorporated. Let's get into it. Hi, Lauren. Thank you for joining me today. Hi. Thank you for having me. I, of course, always want to start back to the very moment that something is alarming. And, of course, you let me know that it wasn't until college that you felt like, mm, something is not right with my period. So let's get into what that experience was like and really what happened and, and what alarmed you to lead you to uh, the diagnosis of endometriosis. Yes,
0: yeah, so in, in college, of course we had midterms and um, unfortunately for some reason at Morgan State University we had midterms and homecoming around the same time. Um, so I was a little stressed out, my cycle had started. Uh, it went away and I had this big presentation um, as I was a speech major. And next thing you know, I'm sitting in class dressed up and I'm like, something seems a little weird. So I go to the restroom and my cycle starts again. So this is the second cycle that I've had within two weeks back to back. Um, so of
1: course- Now, is it, what, one moment, Was your was your period at this time- what was the length of, say, a normal um,
0: period? For now? me, at the time, the length was probably about five to roughly six okay. days. Five to roughly six days.
1: Okay, so you had went through a full cycle, mm-hmm. and then maybe had how much of a gap before your cycle started again? I would
0: literally say three days, enough for me to not think I was spotting.
1: Okay. okay. So that, gotcha. And that is
0: what kind of led me to pay attention. I'm like, this is three days after the spotting has stopped. So what is this situation that's going on? Um, So immediately, I, of course, paid attention to what was going on. I went to the ER. The ER, um, OBGYN, on a call, told me, you know, go to uh, OBGYN when you get a chance to. She gave me some medication to stop it. And I did exactly what she said. Thankfully, I listened um, because, you know, sometimes... What moment?
1: She gave you... She gave you medication
0: yeah, to stop Yeah, she gave you me
1: medication to stop it. Yeah, that's that's a thing. Do you know what that medicine was? I did not know that no, that was a thing.
0: No, I, I do not. I think it could have been, honestly, ibuprofen. Honestly. Oh. It could have been. Okay. Yeah. Um, okay. But it, it stopped. You know, um, I was able to go to my OBGYN, who was a new OBGYN. Um, I was in Baltimore, Maryland, so I didn't come all the way home. I went to Baltimore, Maryland, found an OBGYN. Um, It was a short little uh, um, Asian lady, so cute, uh, just the nicest person ever. And it was a family practice, which I love. Um, So her son and her daughter worked there. I went there, and she said, tell me what the issue is. I told her. My cycle came back. She said, tell me what your cycle symptoms are. I said, my left knee hurts before I get my cycle my right knee hurts after I get my cycle. Um, I also have chest pains. I have sharp pain. She was like, hold it. That's not normal. Uh, let's do a pelvic. Exercise.
1: Sounds like arthritis. No, I'm just playing.
0: <laughs> arthritis in I, my I, knees. This
1: is, well, this is the first time as well, um, I believe, on even on this show, that I've heard of yep. someone having pains in their yes. knees from their cycle. Yep. And and it was it was that sharp that you really even were able to differentiate which knee at what
0: time because I I knew I knew right before it would be probably my ovulation I should say now that I'm a little bit more equipped with the knowledge I believe it was like my ovulation cycle um and then the phase after the actual menstrual cycle um so it was like I knew that they I was like oh my knee hurt my period coming you know you know how somebody
1: says like my and and see mine is like (laughs) this. My, t- they get my tender, tints, right? when they, they get yeah. so tender and heavy and sore, yeah. it actually literally just happened last week. I told my friend, we were out of town. I said, oh, girl, my period going to come on while we're here. Like literally trip. two days later, two days later, it uh, came. And she was like, you called it. And that's how much I know my body mm. as well, with my cycle. So you were so in tune with your body that you just, you, you started ring ringing out the symptoms yep. and she stopped you and said whoa 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 yeah. that doesn't sound right what was that conversation like
0: um she said let's do a pelvis exam and you know i i was like okay let's do a pelvis exam." you're the doctor you clearly know what's going on more than me we end up doing a pelvic exam and she was able to see that i had a reverted uterus um which is not a normal uh situation for a lot of people they say reverted uterus is like there's tilted uteruses reverted uterus and then there's the i guess normal uterus um and she said that reverted uteruses are actually a common thing for people that have endometriosis but the thing is oh if doctors don't know what a reverted uterus is they can't really indicate if that person has a reverted uterus or if that person possibly may have endometriosis
1: Okay, so they're not one and the same, but normally people with endometriosis do have a a quote unquote abnormal uterus, and
0: that was the the number one factor. The next step was surgery. After she saw the uh, after the pelvic exam was done, she was like, "Oh, we we need to do surgery because surgery is the only way that you can diagnose endometriosis." At this point, it was all speculations based off the symptoms and you know okay. her actual dealings with it but she wanted to make sure so we end up having um to schedule a surgery for march i believe that when i went to her it was october i was still enrolled at morgan state and i had completed and then in march i had my surgery on march the eighteenth, two 2011 and was diagnosed
1: wow now i i again unfamiliar so Endometriosis is something that requires surgery, or is it something that doesn't always require? Surgery? It doesn't
0: always Do you know? require surgery, but it requires surgery to get an accurate diagnosis. Now there are some talks about okay. doing blood work um, and other things like that. However, uh, ACOG has specifically said that as of right now, the only way to actually diagnose is through an uh, axial surgery, which is called a laparoscopic surgery. You can have actually do an excision or an ablation surgery so there's two different kinds
1: okay okay so let's talk about that you you did go through surgery and then got the diagnosis what were the conversations like after the diagnosis what were what were the things in which she said would be affected what, what would be the symptoms moving forward? Would you still keep the chest pains and the left and right knee hurting? Was that fixed with surgery? What kind of uh, was the result of surgery and the diagnosis as well? So that's the thing. Uh, there was
0: no conversation, honestly, about after. There was no follow-up. There was, you know, and I could have dropped the ball. I was young, so I probably should have reached out. But okay. um, I think that that is where we fall short a lot of times like we got okay. the diagnosis I didn't know that it would be a lifelong disorder I thought the surgery would fix everything and I would bounce back and I'd be like oh <laughs> I'm good you know and no that was not the case I had ended up actually back in the hospital in August of 2011 August the 28th um, she did however I will say this when she did the surgery at John Hopkins yes. she did say that she saw cysts the cyst was very small. Okay. She put me on birth control, which was lowest strength, um, to kind of maintain the 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 cyst. But there was no further conversation okay. about endometriosis. Yeah.
1: Wait. Um, <laughs> so oh you have the surgery for endometriosis. There's a cyst that is spotted, and she's just like, well, here's some Loestrin. Mm-hmm. Um, This should keep it. To where the sis doesn't bother you, but she didn't like tell you about a follow up. She didn't tell I you about that what was to expect now that the surgery was. Oh, yeah, I thought I thought
0: that was it. I thought, and I'm not gonna say I thought I was cured. I don't know what the conversation was. My dad was asking a lot of con- you know, questions at the time. Though. He was asking a lot, um. So he probably got more information than I did because by that time I was drugged up from the anesthesia. Um, and I
1: but also that's your father. Yeah. How does he know how to communicate that that's to you? So he doesn't know. Uh, you know what I mean? <laughs> men, <laughs> men barely know much about what we got going on oh, a yeah. lot of the time.
0: I agree. I agree. So the, it wasn't communicated clearly for me that this was a disorder that I had to live with for the rest of my life. And mm. this or, you know, these are the symptoms that you may deal with. This is the recovery. Now the recovery wasn't, wasn't an issue. I actually was fine uh they said i was supposed to be on bed rest for three weeks i was up in one week um moving around doing stuff like you know and it was only small incisions so it wasn't like a cut open surgery right um i don't think i probably should have been doing that but you know i learned um and like i mentioned i ended up being back in the hospital the cysts had ruptured um and this is the craziest oh. thing because i said to myself I want to get healthier i have endometriosis let me eat food healthy let me run around the block not realizing that the cyst was so big that when i ran i ruptured it yes
1: so 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 although she said that it was fairly small at the time it was something that was, in fact,
0: growing, was growing at a rate. It was growing at a rate. Um, I stayed on the lowest strand um, birth control, which is supposed to help. But, you know, to each his own. It helps some people. It may not help everybody. Um, but sure enough, like August the 26th, I ran around the block. <laughs> well, I ran halfway around the block. By the time I got there, the other way, I was tired. Um, got home, started breathing really heavy drank some Gatorade, was still breathing heavy.
1: Thank you guys for tuning in to another episode of Period Sis. I want to let you know that this week's episode is brought to you by Pepsi. I remember going to an HBCU football game and it was one of the most memorable experiences of my life watching an HBCU's team and band brings so much excitement to the stadium completely packed with fans it definitely is a -a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity the best part about it is that Pepsi is a proud supporter of HBCU students on and off the field Pepsi and HBCUs that's what I like now let's get back to the show
0: Got in a shower, was still breathing heavy. The shower got dark. Um, I was like, yo, you're tripping. Go lay down. I went to my room to go lay down, and I passed out before I could get to my room. And I don't know how long I was on the floor. I was just up looking at the ceiling. And when I woke up, I just crawled into bed because you I don't know if you've ever passed out. Once you've passed out, your body is exhausted. So it was like, I'll figure this right. out later, but I genuinely have to really go lay down. Um, so then I went to my doctor and my family doctor in um, Oxen Hill, Maryland, where I live at, and she was like, uh, "If you pass out again, you need to go to the ER. We can do some blood work. We right? To go to ER. Don't come in here to us because we can't fix. It's not a fix <laughs> situation." And sure enough, right. I passed out again, um, coming out of the bathroom and missing uh, the wall by like a corner. Like, my forehead missing the wall. My friend saw it and screamed. And I was like, I'm I'm going to go. I'm going to go to the ER. Please don't call an ambulance. I'm going to go tomorrow. Um, and my friend, she took me. And by the third time, it takes me three times to realize something. By the third time, I realized that it had to do something with my uterus. Because every time I used the restroom, I would pass out immediately after. Right um and then they ended up saying so had- you had a
1: you had a you had a ruptured cyst and you didn't you didn't even go and get it checked until you realized you were fainting by the third time yeah i think yeah
0: i think it only took me 3 days wow <laughs> i think it only took me 3 days <laughs> only so yeah. only 3 um and th- what made it worse was that like you know summer is hot i sweat a lot but my okay. stomach was the only thing sweating and I said, this is weird to me. Oh. I was like, this okay. is really weird because my back wasn't sweating, my arm, my underarms. It was just my stomach that was sweating. And I was like, this is, this is confusing me. To the point my friend had to put me in a wheelchair, roll me inside. Um, you know, because at that point I started feeling pain. Stuff was coming. So I ended up having two gallons of blood in my abdomen that had ruptured. Um, and then they patched me up and sent me on my way. And that, that was the end of that. And that was the beginning of a whole new
1: journey in my life. Oh my goodness. And so again, because this was now something else with your uterus that happened, were there follow-up questions to the the ruptured cyst? Was there any, any, um, urgency, I guess, for you after you left the ER to go and really, you know, see how can I make sure that this doesn't happen again?
0: Yes, so the urgency actually started with like the research piece. Um, I knew that I had endometriosis. I knew that the cyst had to be linked to the endometriosis. So I just started doing research and that's kind of how I stumbled across me being the black unicorn of endometriosis because I realized that nobody else that looked like me was dealing with the things that I was dealing with. Um, I did go to my, uh, doctor, did a follow up with her, kind of just let her know what was going on, but she was a family doctor. So I really needed to find an OBGYN in the area. And with me transitioning from college to coming home, I think it was a little difficult for me to really understand like how important it was for me to take care of my physical health. Um, Mm. because as a college student, we are in our minds, we're invisible. And we think we are capable of doing anything and not even just as a college student, as a young person in general, um, we get kind of reckless sometimes.
1: I mean, I will say too, one of the things, um, that I'm also hearing a lot from women who are finding out things maybe early on the idea that something is wrong with you is something that you don't want the news about. So you may just also push back going to the doctor because you don't want to hear that you die tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> you don't want to hear, you know. We know that sometimes there could be really, really bad news yeah. that comes about regarding our health. That sometimes we're not really, we're not really in a space to face mm-hmm.
0: it. it However,
1: it is something that it is. It does get tough. So you're back from college, and now you're like, I really need to focus on me yeah. and my health. Let's talk about what what that research looked like and how you decided to type, kind of take hold on on your personal health
0: um for me uh the research really just started with like understanding what endometriosis was and i think that's that was the hardest part because even to this day there Mm. is still not a uh, a clear understanding of what it is medical professionals think it's something else us you know Indo community members we think it's something else and then you, it's just so many different things um but understanding that there's a lack of research and there's a lack of resources and education okay. kind of gave me the push i needed to like let me see what i can do for myself so then i started paying attention to my symptoms so you know which was something that uh dr uh maria k the 1st OBGYN i went to kind of put me on to without even knowing she did that because it was like okay my knees hurt I'm having sharp pains my chest hurts what are other things that are happening to me that are causing me to feel some type of what can I manage this can I time this is this something that occurs only during my period or after my period so it was more so about like doing research on my own body it's like trial and error um, then I started researching in reference to food like is there a diet for it? I try to do vegan that that wasn't good for me (laughs) um a lot of vegan food uh has soy so hummus black beans um edamame and even though they may be healthy for people that have the vegan lifestyle soy has estrogen estrogen can cause problems with endometriosis Ah. So it's like, it, it's so. Okay. It's little things like that that we have to pay attention to. Um, I even started to realize that the allergy that I developed in 2010 could have been because of endometriosis. So it was like a... a and what, what
1: allergy was that?
0: Well, it has developed over time. I started off with being just allergic to pineapples. But now I am allergic to pineapples, lemons, limes, mangoes, grapefruit orange citrus yes not even just citrus anything that's yellow or orange i can eat oranges i can't drink orange juice. okay so of course i have to substitute my mimosas with um cranberry juice now but you know (laughs) I, i make it work um but that was something that uh you know made me realize like oh this has been happening you just didn't know it because that's 2010 i was diagnosed in 2011.
1: So let me, let me ask you have from your research or from, you know, your other conversations with women in, in the endo community, is there a link between those allergies and endometriosis that you've seen with other women as well?
0: Um, not those specific Cause allergies. Cause those foods are bro.
1: like, That's
0: the thing. okay. Um, there are plenty of women that may have, like I know someone that has, a, a, I don't want to say a rap sheet, but literally like she has four sheets of allergies and it's probably filled out to 60% on each sheet. Wow. Um, you know, so it, it, it really depends on the person. And that, okay. I think that's the confusing part about endometriosis. It depends on the person and that is like to the T, um, because I don't do soy candles because I know that soy breathing in soy probably isn't good for me. You know, I try to prevent oh, stuff wow. like that um because I may uh, cough. People don't realize that, um for
1: instance, I was gonna ask as well, outside of soy, do you know any other foods uh, that are high in estrogen as well that can affect uh, women?
0: Um, i'm not I'm not sure, but there are foods that can affect women with endometriosis like dairy. Um, red meat ah. is a big one um, depending on who you are I'll say that again wheat, grains um, you know okay. things that are supposed to be good for us <laughs> um, uh, there, there's a lot of different things I've had a scare moment with red cabbage I can eat green cabbage I can't eat red cabbage um, if red cabbage was a person I would fight that person it it really hurt me really bad <laughs> um, so there, there are a few things that Women cannot indulge in, and we have to substitute Mm. for, or I'll say, because I will never tell anybody that I have gone vegan or I have stopped eating dairy. I love Chick-fil-A milkshakes. I'm still going to eat them and drink them, but I will refuse to do that during my ovulation cycle. Now that I have got okay. it down pack, I understand that during my ovulation cycle, I'm way more sensitive. My immune system is down. I need to be mindful of what I'm putting mm-hmm. in my system. So I try to do like holistic approaches, of adding ginger, adding turmeric, um, hibiscus tea, raspberry tea, um, carrot juice, celery juice, things of that nature. And at least during that time of week... Um, time of the month, you know, so time of month, anytime that I feel, you know, anything is happening. I'm not going to lie. I do eat ribs. Yes. Uh-huh. I'm going to eat a rib, it, especially <laughs> going the summertime. There's cookouts, you know, but right. if I'm going to eat that rib, I'm going to take that food home. I'm going to eat it in moderation and I'm going to eat it when I get home. And if I feel like trash, right. guess what? That's something that I have to deal with but I'm not going to eat that while I'm out and then be slopped over sleep or, you know, in pain and then think everybody's going to pay attention to me. So I pick and choose. So when I try to dabble in certain things.
1: Okay. Well, so let's get into endo black. Let's get into what endo black is, what it stands for and what kind of conversations you are leading, uh, to really get the education out there. And so hopefully, uh, be, be kind of the milestone of someone <laughs> to get research done uh, because clearly that's what's also lacking. Y'all know I don't, while we need science, it's just like, ugh, 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 because these doctors ain't getting it right. But yeah, let's talk about what Endo Black is and why you started it.
0: Endo um, Black is a Black woman led organization that focuses on advocating for African American women and women of color affected by endometriosis. Um, established in 2015 of course doing my own research but we created a platform literally just to save space on instagram not realizing that we would impact so many people it was really a search Mm -hmm. for me because i'm like i know i'm not the only black person with endometriosis because that's crazy so i created the platform um and then in 2019 we had our first event it was a meet and greet in washington dc um 50 women came out and i was like oh so y'all really like this okay let's really put this to work so we were incorporated in 2020 um and since then we have been doing uh, a number of things in the community we have events where we talk about women's uh, reproductive health uh we also okay. are safe space we provide endosisterly love and friendship and bonds in the community and then lastly we are creating dialogues around uh regulations laws and policies that may affect or be helpful to women with endometriosis um and it has been a joy to do something like this i actually uh i'm doing this full time now i quit my job in december of 2020. oh wow Yeah, i was like peace y'all get on my nerves i'm gonna do this um and that has allowed me to do so many things uh, this year alone we have had a conference um, with 25 ama- amazing women, um, Arda Wright, who's a musical artist, as well as Tia Moore, who also has endometriosis. Um, we had a panel discussion with women of all colors talking about motherhood, health equity, business, and so many different things that intertwine with endometriosis. Um, people don't realize endometriosis can affect literally everything that you do. Um So Mm. we want to have these conversations to, one, make sure people are getting the resources that they need, but also letting them know that they're not alone. You can get through this. Um, we got to get through this together. So whatever situations you may have, let's work together. Um, We try to provide resources where it's open. dialogue so we don't push birth control we don't push hysterectomies we don't push holistic approaches we allow people to you know read the information we share stories and they make the decisions on their own i think it's fair to make sure that everybody understands all of the effects Of anything that they do, whether it's a surgery, whether it's pregnancy, whether it's medication or holistic approaches. Here's what can possibly happen if you do X, Y, and Z. Um, and I think that's unfortunately what the medical professionals could be missing when they are pushing, um, medications or procedures on people. Uh, especially when there's other approaches, when your endometriosis is not as severe as a lot of other women's endometriosis may be. Um, We have really just grown to a different place. Right now we are in the process of preparing for Giving Tuesday, uh, which is November the 30th. So we're super excited about that. We have so many things lined up for next year. Unfortunately, the pandemic happened, but that also allowed us to sit down and build our foundation and get to the point of what we need to do in the community and how we can really impact women in the community. So.
1: I love that and if there's anything or any way in which official box owner can be involved I would love to have that conversation with you because I love what you're doing Um, and I'm really glad that you reached out and for anyone listening to this who may be diagnosed already with endometriosis or any of the symptoms in which Lauren explained that she had and maybe you realize you've been feeling those same ways. Definitely get to a doctor as soon yep. as you can and, and make sure you put your health first and advocate for yourself. Um, Lauren, I want to just thank you so much for joining me today and sharing your journey and also taking your journey and building the platform that you have with Endo Black. Um, can you let all of my audience know where they can find you, Endo Black, or where they can reach out to you and your platform as well? Yes,
0: well, you can reach out. We are on Instagram um, at under, Endo underscore. I said that wrong. Mm. We are on Instagram (laughs) at endo underscore black. Uh, We are also on Twitter at the underscore endo black. You can search us on Facebook. We also have a private group for African-American women who have endometriosis. Um, Currently, we have about 2,000 members are part of that group where they just share their own experiences and get advice. Um, I definitely recommend people to go to that group if they are newly diagnosed with endometriosis um, just to have some type of support, you can also look us up on Pinterest, YouTube, um, LinkedIn. We try to meet people where they are. Um, so definitely love check that. us out. We have a lot of information to share with you all and a lot of things that are happening um, in the year 2022. And we cannot wait to share them with you.
1: I love that. Lauren, thank you so, so very much. And good luck with everything with Indoblock Black. Thank well. you so much. I appreciate it.
0: After I made the change to a whole food plant-based diet, I, I felt incredible. I lost 55 pounds. I had more energy. Um, I started to get new hair growth at 27, which is incredible. Uh, my cholesterol came down to a healthy level. My blood pressure came down. Everything changed. It's like I was walking around sick, and I didn't even know it because you get so used to it.